Hi, everyone, and Merry Christmas. Welcome to Christ Community Church. I'm Adam, and this is Ray, and we want to give you a huge thanks for joining us today. Thanks for those watching online as well. We're glad that you turned into service this weekend. God the Father gave his only Son, and he continues to be generous and loving to us. Since he gave first, we are responding to his generosity today through our offering. That's right, Ray. We invite you to take time to worship our Creator through giving. If you're watching online, you can do this by texting CCC Rochester to 77977 or by simply clicking the Give link on your screen. And if you're with us in person, you can place your offering in the boxes at the back of the auditorium as you leave. Well, whether you've been with us for years or this is your first time joining us, we want to welcome you to Christ Community Church. A really good starting point for getting plugged into the life of our church is by filling out our connection card. That's right. You can stop by the welcome desk in the lobby and fill one out. Or if you're online joining us, click the connect link on your screen. This is a great way for us to help you get connected to life here at Christ Community Church. It's such a blessing to be able to come before the Lord in prayer. And if you have any prayers or praises, please write them on the back of the connection card and leave it at the welcome desk. And if you're watching online, click request prayer and one of our hosts will be available to pray with you right then and there. You are invited to our all-family candlelight Christmas Eve service right here at Christ Community Church. We'll have in-person services on the 23rd at 5.30 and 7 o'clock p.m. And we'll gather online on the 24th at 2.30 and 4 p.m. COVID precautions limit the auditorium capacity, so please save a spot by registering online under the events tab on our website. The link to sign up for in-person services closes this Monday, December 21st, so be sure to sign up soon. Many in our community and around the world are going to experience the love of Jesus and enter into a relationship with him as a result of CCC's ministry in the coming year. Your generosity helps make that possible. And you've been very faithful with your giving this year. With that in mind, consider making a year-end financial gift. There are many ways you can do this. You can give online, you can text CCC Rochester to 77977, or you can place a gift in the auditorium at the back of our in-person services. And thank you so much. Many people will hear the message of Jesus' saving grace as a result of your generosity. That's right. Our Christmas Daily Office Prayer event will be taking place this Monday, December 21st through Wednesday, December 23rd. We're again encouraging the use of a daily office, which is a structured way of spending personal time with the Lord. Twice each day, you'll be led to personal quiet time with Him. If you want to sign up for the daily email reminders, go to the prayer page of our website for the link. Start your Christmas week on a right note by spending some personal time with the Lord. Thank you for joining us today at CCC, whether you're online or in person. We hope you enjoy these next few minutes of worship. Merry Christmas. Hey church, let's stand together as we celebrate the hope that we have in the name of Emmanuel. God is with us, so let's sing it. The captain is free. 
wherever we are in this place, in our homes. God, we sing to you, you are so worthy. And I don't think we can grasp what the word holy means until we see you face to face. And your holiness forces us to our knees and forces us to sing holy in a way we've never sung before. But God, we want our worship to acknowledge that fact tonight. Even though we don't fully understand, God, we know you are holy, you are above all. And that gift you gave us of your son so long ago, we cannot thank you enough, but we humbly come before you lifting our voices in worship and eager to hear from you tonight. We love you so much, Father. In your name we pray, amen. You can have a seat as we watch about uh, the Kirkmans on the, on the video. We're uh, Carl and Martha Kirkman. Uh, I'm a retired IBM software developer, and Martha is a retired kindergarten teacher. And uh, we've been at Christ Community Church since 1974-75. I, I grew up in the Detroit area. I was uh, part of a Christian family. I was pretty good in uh, math and science kind of things, and that's what I pursued. When I went to college, uh, that's where I met Martha. I found out she needed a lot of help in the lab, in science labs. and. Um, a year later or so, we were able to get married after I came out here. I got a job with IBM right out of college, came here in 1974, and we've been here ever since. I was going to say, I was born in southwestern uh, Michigan on a dairy farm, and uh, so I grew up milking cows and night and day. Um, I grew up in a non-Christian family, so we kind of got opposites with him from the city, me from the country, him from a Christian family, mine from a non-Christian family. So back in 2010, uh, 2011 and somewhere in there, we were thinking about we're heading to retirement. In fact, I was already retired, uh, Carl was still working, and so we started thinking about what we could do, and our biggest thing that we decided we wanted to do is we wanted to do something significant for the kingdom. And about that time we started contacting denominational leaders and missionaries that we knew just inquiring uh, is there anything that we could do that would be of help to you. We got on some email lists of various missionaries and we, we got a letter from one of the missionaries in West Africa saying that we are uh, opening an English center and we're looking for people to come and volunteer to teach. And uh, we looked at each other and uh, it was kind of like uh, this is us. We, we need to do this. But uh, teaching English was really not on our radar in any way, but that's, that's what uh, was offered to us. And we had determined that whatever door God opens, we're going to walk through it. It was a little bit overwhelming, but at the same time, we soon fell in love with them and we fell in love with the African culture and uh, our people that were around us, our neighbors. We got to be really good friends with the neighbors in the neighborhood. And At that time, we were teaching in, in the evenings. and. Uh, so we had uh, mornings and afternoons to prepare or to, to explore the town. We walked the neighborhood all the time. Yeah, that was just really fun just to meet people that way. So a lot of free time just to f figure out what is it like here? What is it, you know, what do people do? You see kids everywhere. Mm -hmm. Kids are playing with marbles. Kids are playing with bicycle tires. They roll them down the road and chase them. We always see the women with their big heavy loads on their heads, usually the baby on their back walking down the street, you know, so those are typical scenes that, that we see. Um, there was one day that we were at, at our English center that there was a gentleman that came in and, and uh, for three nights in a row, Jesus had appeared to him in a dream. 
with arms outstretched, saying, if you will follow my path, I will give you salvation. He knew after that he had to go talk to a pastor. Well, it turns out he went to the pastor of the CMA church in the village that we used to be in. And very shortly, he became a believer. He's got the gift of evangelism and, and hanging around with him, seeing him work, it's like watching the Apostle Paul. It's just an amazing thing. Because there's a lot of war and terrorism in the country, many, many people have been displaced. And uh, oh, I don't know how many thousands, but I know there's 3,000 um, displaced people that are living on the city dump in our city. And uh, this is becoming permanent housing for them. Uh, earlier this year, there was a fire at the dump and it burned up absolutely everything that everyone there owned. Christ Community uh, gave money to uh, drill a well. In, so, in this, so this will be a permanent settlement. But uh, Christ Community gave money to drill a well there. And uh, we're only waiting for one more government sign-off before that well can go forward. So you could pray about that and uh, these people could have water. The end of March when uh, COVID hit, um, we, uh, in our country we were in, we were told that um, we were going to close our, our center down for three weeks. And so we were three weeks from ending our trimester. And so um, that started on like a Tuesday and by the next Thursday we were on a plane coming back to the States. And so we had went from a situation where we were going to be in the country for an extra, well, total of six weeks to now we're coming home and uh, just, you know, not a lot of time to do closure, not a lot of time to say goodbye to our students. We said goodbye to a few students and our neighbors and told them we were leaving. And um, it was just real sad to have left and then also not knowing if we were going to return. Yeah, the fact that we didn't get real good closure, it was, it was just really hard to deal with. Mm -hmm. I, I land here, though. Um, if God has called us there and wants us there at this time, he'll get us there. Um, it may not be the way we expect. We don't know. But mm -hmm. I do land on the fact that if, if he wants us there, we'll get there. I, I wish I could say that, that uh, some of them have become believers as a result, but uh, we're not there yet. Um, they have so much to overcome. But I know that we are planting seeds. We are maybe watering. It takes, uh, some people say it takes between 30 and 100 encounters with the gospel for these people to, to say, yeah, I really want to believe and follow Jesus. Uh, so we never know where they are. And so we just keep, um, keep using the opportunities that we have and uh, wait for the day that God uh, opens their eyes. to bring Carl and Martha on stage uh, today all weekend so that um, those of you who are part of the church can be praying with them. They are getting to go back, provided uh, COVID tests happen in a timely manner and flights and like all the stuff. It's a big deal to be able to travel right now. And so um, we're just going to, we're going to pray over them together uh, this weekend and we'll be praying for them as a church. Um, if you are interested, for those of you who are in person, if you're interested in getting more information about um, Carl and Martha and being on their prayer letter after this service, they will be outside in the foyer. Well, they'll be in the foyer, not outside, like outside this room. Um, they'll be in the foyer and uh, they'll be at a table out there and you can sign up. You can get one of their prayer cards and sign up for their newsletter. So um, we wanted Jeremy Balser, who is chair of our elder board this year to uh, voice our prayer. For those of you who are sitting out there, if you're comfortable, you want to, if you just wanna extend a hand up here towards the stage, uh, towards Carl and Martha, and um, we'll, we'll send them with our blessing. So Daryl, I see why you like to preach now. You get to come to church without a mask on. That's kind of nice it's these nice. days. So 
We're doing a lot of stuff virtually, so uh, as Daryl said, uh, if you would like to, please uh, virtually lay your hands here on Kirkman's as well. One of the things as a board um, we really want to do more of is become ascending church and uh, raising up uh, folks who hear and obey the call of the Lord to go reach the loss with the gospel of Christ. And so it really is a privilege to do this with you guys here tonight. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, um, it is a blessing to see how you work. It is a blessing to be a part of your work. And it is a blessing to be here with the Kirkmans tonight to just um, send them off and uh, just pray over them. And Lord, we pray that you would protect them, that you would give them safety. Um, Lord, they've done this before. They know where they're going. They know what they're going to do. But it is a different world now than it even was last year. And uh, so, Father, we just pray for their health. We pray for their energy and their strength over this time. Um, we pray that their passion would not wane for the work that they are to do and the gospel that they are sharing uh, with those who are lost, Father. Lord, we also just pray for those that they're going to be ministering to. We pray for receptive hearts. Lord, you have used them to um, plant seeds in the past, and Lord, they're going to go and continue to water that ground, continue to um, just share your good news, to teach uh, to give them useful skills, to help them cope, to meet their physical and emotional needs, as well as their spiritual needs, Father. And I just pray that you would make um, the people that uh, the Kirkmans are going to be interacting with open and receptive and uh, just fertile ground uh, that they can sow your seeds on and that you, Lord, will uh, be faithful to that and um, bring many this time around to your name to a saving relationship with you, Father. And again, we are just grateful for the Kirkmans. We're grateful for all that they have done in Christ Community Church over the many years. And uh, we are just so excited for what you have in store for them. Lord, in your holy name, we pray these things. Amen. Amen. Well, greetings, Christ Community Church. How are you guys today? So that is the in-person church greeting to those of you who are with us online. We are sure glad to be one church that gets to meet in multiple ways right now during this season. Now, my name is Daryl Holden. If I haven't met you yet, I'm really glad to be with you. Merry Christmas week. Like we are this Christmas, we're within seven days. And uh, I hope you have done your shopping because it's taken longer for stuff to get online uh, to come in the mail. Um, I'm experiencing that. I am waiting on some things like, with bated breath. I'm trying to I hope it gets here in time. Um, but just note to you guys, you have very few days left to get this accomplished. Um, Christmas time and really the drive to Christmas morning is fascinating to me because we spend all this time and all this energy and all this money driving up to this one. And some people open presents on Christmas Eve, but most people are opening presents Christmas morning. And you have this one morning that is like it leads to just a depending on how you do it, but in a lot of homes, just this present opening frenzy and maybe some bold child at the end of all of it will say, is that all? And then we have too much food and maybe watch a ball game, play a game, watch a movie, take a nap, and then it's over. And we've, we've spent this whole 
I don't know when you started Christmas, but I personally don't really start thinking about it or leading to it until we get into the month of December. You spend this whole two, three, four, six weeks leading up to this one morning and then it happens and then we're done and we're looking back on it and it's Christmas as it was. And so we're getting close to that day, but we're not there yet. And so we're still looking forward to Christmas. And what I want to do today is I want to look, we've been talking about Christmas and what happens on Christmas, but I want us to look, we're going to look past Christmas today. There's a promise that gets made at Christmas time, that first Christmas, there's this promise that got made that has not been fulfilled yet. And so we're gonna look past Christmas morning into this future that is yet to be fulfilled. And our Christmas series and what we're talking about all this Christmas time has been we're trying to stir hope. And so I hope the things, I believe the things that we're gonna talk about today are gonna stir hope within you. So I want to start, we're going to be in Luke chapter one, and I want to start by reading a couple of verses for you. Um, Luke chapter one, verse 30. This is the um, angel's announcement to Mary about Jesus being born. And so he says to her, he's already appeared to her. He scared her a little bit. He settled her down. And then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you're to call him Jesus. He will be great. He'll be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. So what I wanna do just at the start of our time together this morning is I wanna focus on those last two sentences of that angel's announcement. We're gonna talk about this future promise that has been given to Mary first, to generations of Christian people. It's promised that lands right on us. And then um, I'm gonna give you some things that I think this promise makes a difference in your life and my life, and then we'll have some questions. And so I wanna start with what that angel said to her. You know, he said, don't be afraid, but when he's telling her about this baby who's gonna be born, the first thing he says is that he will be great. And so what we, we learned from that is like, this is no ordinary child. And this child has no ordinary destiny. Now, keep in mind who the angel's talking to. Because the angel's talking to Mary, and she's young, and she's poor, and she's marrying this guy named Joseph, who is also young, and he doesn't have, like, he's got maybe a little bit going for him, but he doesn't have anything going for him that anybody would look at them and say, oh, okay, so the kid that's gonna be born to Mary, that Joseph's gonna be the earthly father of, like that that kid's gonna be great. Because when you think about greatness, usually it is something about, like there's, there's a way that gets paved, and so like, there was no educational, like this kid wasn't gonna have access to the finest education. It wasn't like dad had this great thriving business that he was gonna get to step into and be the leader of, like there was just nothing that was, that we would say, oh yeah, we could totally understand. There was this announcement that this baby is gonna be great, but that baby's path to greatness is gonna look different than, than what they would have suspected or what you and I would say, oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Of course that kid is gonna be great. But nevertheless, the angel makes this promise to Mary, the mother, and says, this child that you're gonna give birth to, he's going to be great. And then he says, he will be called the son of the most high. And this is a claim of Jesus's divinity. And there was Mary's listening to this angel's announcement 
and that name, the most high, that this baby is going to be the son of the most high, that name, the most high, she would not have understood anything other than the most high God. And for this baby to be called the son of the most high God, I was reading about this this week. One of the scholars, I like the way that he, that he said it. He said that he said that for her to hear son of the most high God, basically she's hearing this baby is going to be a carbon copy of God most high. And so as Mary is listening to this angel's announcement about her child is going to be great and he is going to be the son of the most high God, she's hearing, I am going to have the baby of God most high. And she's already connecting dots in her mind that this baby is going to be the promised one. This is the one that was prophesied and promised. This is the Messiah who is coming. So he is the son of the most high God. And then the Lord will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. And so there's two names in there. If you don't know them, Jacob is really, he's one of the patriarchs of the nation of Israel. God actually changed his name from Jacob to Israel and they bear his name. And so, and then David is the other guy, David, like David and Goliath. If you heard that story, David was the nation of Israel's greatest king. And so this statement here that the angel makes that the Lord will give him the throne of his father, David, he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. God actually had made a covenant with David. And it was one, it's one of the, it's one of the most important sections in the Bible. It's in second Samuel chapter seven. If you're going to understand how the whole Bible fits together, this is one of the most important sections in the whole Bible to understand how it all goes together because David is, he was God's chosen king over the nation of Israel. And now Mary is hearing that this baby that's going to be born to me is going to sit, like he is going to have David's throne. He's the son of the most high God, and he is going to sit on the throne of David and his kingdom. He's going to rule over their Jacob's descendants forever. And she's hearing that this this kid, because he's going to be great. Remember, and he's not just going to be some tribal elder and he's not going to be just like little prince of some little, like he is going to be king. He is going to sit on the throne of the greatest king of her nation, like in the history of her nation. And so he's going to sit on the throne of David and he's going to rule over Jacob's descendants forever. And then that last little statement that he says, there, he says, his kingdom will never end. The rule and reign that this baby that was coming to Mary, it was going to like he was going to establish a kingdom that will never end. And so this prophecy, this angel is delivering to Mary this promise that's being made about this baby that the creative work of God, the Holy Spirit is going to bring about inside of her. He's saying, hey, you are going to give birth to a king. Which is like when you think of the story about Christmas, you know, right after Jesus is born, you got the wise men. The story talks about the wise men showing up and they, they walk into Jerusalem and they have a really important question. Where is the one who's been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and we have come to worship him. Now, I don't understand that whole star thing and how they figured all that out. I don't know about all of that. But they walk on the scene and they ask this question, where is the one who's been born king of the Jews? He will be great. He will sit on David's throne and he will reign over the house of Jacob 
forever. Where is the one who's been born king of the Jews? And if you think forward in Jesus's life, when he was crucified, Pilate, who was the Roman guy in charge at that time, one of the things that Pilate had written and nailed to the top of Jesus's cross, if you know this story, you're tracking with me, he had the statement, King of the Jews, written over his cross. And it's interesting to me that he would, he would hang that over Jesus, King of the Jews, because he and Jesus actually had a conversation right before Jesus went to the cross. And one of the things that they talked about was Jesus said, I have a kingdom, but it is not a kingdom of this world. And Pilate still, something was going on spiritually and particularly in the gospel of John, we get to read about something is happening spiritually with Pilate that he, he understands this is not just a human being in front of him. And kind of his response to that is he has this, this charge and this statement nailed on top of Jesus's cross, King of the Jews. So you've got these Old Testament prophecies that have been made about Jesus. You've got this angelic announcement declaring to Mary before Jesus was even conceived, declaring to her that he is going to be king over his people. And then you have the wise men showing up, king of the Jews on the cross, king of the Jews. I'm like, everything around Jesus is that he is going to be a king. But Jesus never set up a kingdom. And when Jesus was on the earth, if you've read through the gospels, I mean, the record of his life, Jesus never sat on the throne of his father, of his forefather, David, the greatest king of the nation of Israel. Jesus never sat on that throne. He never had a kingdom there, like particularly not the Jewish people. And there was no other people group during that day who, who recognized Jesus as their sovereign. So this this prophecy, this promise, this statement that Jesus, that he will be great and he will be a king, that there's something to this that was, if there's something to this that was not fulfilled in Jesus's first coming. And so it's, we're, we're going to explore this. But really what I want you to grab onto today is that this is the, this is the future promise that you and I have that stirs hope within us that Jesus, he is our coming king. It, it, it didn't, the promise didn't just fall to the ground. God's people weren't just scratching their head and saying, hey, this didn't, like, we don't know what we're going to do now. From, from the first days when, when it didn't pan out like everybody thought it was going to, the message from heaven has consistently been, this is something that I have in the future for you. So I was thinking about this idea of Jesus being our coming king. So he was with so he grew up, baby, prophecy, all that stuff. He grew up, he had his disciples with him. He was crucified, king of the Jews on his cross. He entered into death. He rose again from the dead. He appears to his disciples and he spends 40 days with them. And he's kind of in and out and back and forth and really just establishing with them the truth that he had risen from the dead and he takes them out to this place called the Mount of Olives. And while they're, and that was an important place for them as a group. And so while they were there, Jesus' disciples now are saying, okay, you, we've been waiting for a kingdom. We believe that you are the Messiah. We believe that you are Christ. 
We've been waiting for a kingdom. Like we've been waiting for this kingdom since we met you three years ago and you called us to be your disciples. We thought that like we've been waiting for the kingdom is now the time that you're gonna establish your kingdom. And Jesus looked at him and he said, hey, that's not for, that's not for you guys to know. My father in heaven knows that. And then this, he ascended back into heaven. And so, so they're left standing there. And I say that in one sentence, like it just, can we just like, he ascended back into heaven. And so he ascends back into heaven and they are standing, their mouths have got to be open, right? They're just standing there with what they have just seen. And an angel appears from them. This is recorded for us in Acts chapter one, verse 11. This angel shows up to these guys who expected Jesus to ride back into Jerusalem and establish his kingdom. And he's just ascended into heaven. And so they're trying to figure all this out. And this, this angel says, men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking into the sky? Well, I can tell you why. Because this guy just went up, like he just did something nobody else has ever, that's why they're looking into the sky. Why are you looking in the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. This is a future event. And so they were expecting a kingdom to be set up and established on earth in their lifetime. And instead, Jesus ascended to heaven and the angel has said, hey, this you saw him go up, he's going to come back down. He ascended from earth to heaven and there is a day in the future when he will descend from heaven to earth and when he comes back that second time, he's going to have a very different purpose. This is from Hebrews chapter nine, verse 28. It's not on the screen or your notes for you. So Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many and he will appear a second time. Not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. So the first time Jesus came, he came to be the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He came to this earth to die on the cross and rise again from the dead to enter into death on our behalf to pay for the forgiveness of our sins. He came to bear our sins the first time. The next time he comes, it will not be to bear sin. It will be to bring salvation for those who are waiting for him. So that salvation that he brings, like that he's going to bring when he comes back, is going, it's, it's full and final rescue for you and for me. Now, if you're a church person, you've heard those words, like I've been saved, and it's true. We've been saved. You put your faith in Jesus as your savior you have been saved, but there is more to this salvation than what you and I are experiencing today. And when Jesus comes back, we will be fully and finally rescued. He bore sins the first time. The second time he comes back, he's coming back to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. Now, go back with me for a moment to the conversation Jesus had with Pilate. I just referenced it to you for a second where he said to him, I have a kingdom, but it's, like, it's not of this world. So Jesus today is still king. He has a kingdom. It's not of this world. So he, he has a heavenly kingdom. And in Philippians chapter three, verse 20, this is the perspective of New Testament writers to people like you and me who are, who are waiting, like we, we are waiting for Jesus 
In Philippians chapter 3, verse 20, the apostle Paul wrote this. He said, our citizenship is in heaven. So if you're a believer in Jesus, we are citizens of this heavenly kingdom, this kingdom that is not of this world. Our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. So we are citizens of Jesus's kingdom and we are waiting for him to come and be our king. All right, so there's some the theological language that gets wrapped around this, or it's the idea of now and not yet. And so you and I, as believers in Jesus, we are citizens of the kingdom of heaven. And because we're citizens of the kingdom of heaven, there are, there are pieces of what that kingdom is like that are part of our life, and we get to minister it into the lives of the people who are around us. And you think about, like we talk at Christmas time about hope. And we have love and joy and peace and the Christmas words. Those are all words that are descriptive of what Jesus, what he brought to us in salvation. But those are characteristics of, of what his kingdom is like. And so you and I, as we enjoy what the kingdom will be in its fullest and final expression. Now, though, we live, we are citizens of the kingdom of heaven but we live here on the kingdom of earth. Those are two very different kingdoms. So back in 1998, forever ago, I was on a mission trip in Haiti and Hurricane George was bearing down on the island of Hispaniola, which is Haiti in the Dominican Republic. And that hurricane hit the island while I was there. It shut the airport down on the day we were supposed to leave. So we were kind of stranded in Haiti for several days longer than we had planned to be there. For the Haitian people, life was normal for them. They, you know, we, the hurricane didn't hit as badly as we expected it to but it went to Miami, which is where all our connecting flights were, and so we were stuck. And the Haitian people, for them, life went back to normal. For the American guys, we were very aware that we were Americans living in a different country, and there was this huge desire within us to go home. Every day we went to the airport and we hung around the airport wait, trying to figure out, like, is this the flight that we're going to get on? And three days later, we finally got, there were three of us, we finally got the last three seats on the airplane. It was the very back row of the airplane, the seats that sit all the way up straight. They don't even recline. I have never been so glad to sit in the middle, in the back seat, straight up airplane. I, it was this, that for me was that was, I've, I've got to travel quite a bit and do mission stuff. And that for me was, that was the moment where I really realized like what this whole, to be a citizen of one place and to be living in another and they are worlds different, what that is like. And so what you and I as believers in Jesus experience is we are citizens of the kingdom of heaven and the king, like we have, like our, our, our king has given us kingdom priorities and he's given us kingdom values. He's written those things in our hearts. We have these kingdom priorities and values within us, 
But we live in this kingdom of this world and we live here and we're foreigners. And there's this longing inside of us for something different and it's really a longing for home to a place we've never been. And so we have this amazing promise that our king is going to come and you and I will then get to live in the kingdom that everything in us yearns for. And so as we celebrate Christmas, we look to this idea of we are citizens of a different kingdom living here and we're looking past Christmas day to this future. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. That whole song looks forward, not to his first coming, but to his second coming when he brings salvation to those of us who are waiting for him. And so this is this future event. And maybe you are, maybe you aren't. For me, one of the questions that I always ask, like, when is this gonna happen? Because I do, I have a little bit of yearning inside of me. I see things that are wrong. It's like, man, you and I get to, we get to bring light into darkness, but Jesus is the one who dispels darkness and there's gonna be a full and final dispelling of darkness in our world when Jesus comes back and he establishes his kingdom and just things to me to say, when is this gonna happen? And the Bible's only answer to that is soon. To soon, this is gonna happen. And one of my favorite verses in all the Bible is in Revelation chapter 11. Revelation is a book that's written about the future. God revealed some things about the future to the apostle John and John wrote down some things. And in Revelation chapter 11, there's this statement that get made, gets made in heaven and this causes celebration in my heart. There were loud voices in heaven which said, the kingdom of this world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Messiah and he will reign forever and ever. And so right now he is king over but he is not king on the earth. And there's this proclamation in the future that's going to be made in heaven that says, okay, now, now the kingdom of this world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ and he will reign forever and ever. And when that proclamation gets made, everything changes for you and for me. This is where everything that's wrong in this world, all the injustice that's present in our world, all the sickness that's present in our world, everything that you look at and go, that is not right. This is when that gets fixed in like in total, in full and final salvation in total. That gets fixed when Jesus comes. He's our coming king and he establishes his kingdom. And so I want to show you just real practical for us. I want to give you three things that where I think this stirs hope for us within us, gives us some things to think about and to point to. And then, um, and then I got some questions for you. So these three things, three ways that the promise of Jesus as a coming king gives us hope. The first is authority. So there's authority here. Um, when Jesus, like his great commission, right before he went back to heaven, he looked at his guys and he told them what they, and then it's been passed down through the centuries. Now, what we, he told them what we should be about. And it's recorded at the end of Matthew chapter 28, but Jesus looked at his guys and he said, hey, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So you go and make disciples. And then the last thing he says to them is, and I will be with you always. That's an incredible thing. 
that like the commission that he gave to his followers, to the citizens of his kingdom, he said, hey, take take my kingdom priorities and my kingdom values, the good news that there's more than just what this world has to offer, that there is a different king. There's a different kind of king. There's a different king. Like take that good news, that gospel, and you go and you share that with people and you know that I'm over all and I will be with you. And that's really important. And it's really important because the priorities and the values and the declaration of a future king, a greater king, like that clashes with the king and the kingdom of this world. It does, it clashes. And when there's clash that happens, the, this world rises up and says, uh-uh, that ain't happening here. We're not listening to that message. That message isn't part like we're not doing that. And, and the king of kings, the king of heaven has said, all authority in heaven and earth belongs to me. You guys go, I'm with you. You got authority. You have spiritual authority from the king himself, and he is with you. His, his authority is with you as you go into the circles of influence that you and I like that we live in. And so authority is the first thing. The second is um, it's a better country, a better country. I grabbed those words from Hebrews chapter 11. talks about men and women of faith who are looking forward to this, this kingdom, not the kingdom of this world, but the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. It's a better country. And, and I've been reading about this and thinking about this. And that angel's statement, Jesus, like he will be great. His greatness comes from his humility and his sacrifice. That's what the Bible's really clear about. Philippians chapter two, it talks about Jesus did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, to be held onto, to insist on, to hold for himself. He laid that equality with God aside and became human. And he came here and he lived among us and he allowed himself to enter into death. A criminal's death at that. God laid his privileges of being God aside and became human and entered into just the greatest humbling that he, for us. It's his humility and his sacrifice that make him great. He was real clear. He said, if you wanna be great in the kingdom of God, if you wanna be great in the kingdom of heaven, then learn to be the servant of all. And, and his kingdom, like this is a better country. His kingdom is a reflection of his character. And so the king of this kingdom that you and I are citizens of and get to be part of and look forward to in the future. It just, it's a kingdom that flows out of the king's humility and sacrifice and love. And it is, it is this better country. As great as the country that you and I live in today, this country was not founded on the same principles and values of the kingdom of heaven. The king of the kingdom of heaven is, it's about humility, it's about sacrifice, and it's about love, and that just emanates and flows through his kingdom. I read this book a while back called Kingdom Ethics. It's been written by a guy named David Gushy and Glenn Stason, and it is tough sledding. But um, in this book, they, they talk about seven marks of the kingdom, and they did an extensive research, particularly in the, the prophet Isaiah. 
And so they, they came up with these seven things where the kingdom of God is, this is what's present. And so there's deliverance and salvation, full and final deliverance and salvation. There's rescue, there, there's justice in the kingdom of God, in the kingdom of heaven, this kingdom that Jesus is king over, there's justice and real justice, not pseudo justice, not pursuit of justice, but justice where oppressed people are lifted up and where there is nobody who is strong enough to push down the weak because the king himself insists on and enforces justice. And there's peace there because, because everybody is aligned with the king who is declared to be the prince of peace. There's healing. There's healing. There's, there's no sickness. There's no pain. There's no sorrow. Like there's, there's healing in this kingdom. We talked about that some last week. If you didn't hear that, you should go back and listen to that message about Jesus came to heal us. And we experience that now, but in his kingdom, we will experience full, final, complete healing. There's restoration, rebuilding of community. This is about relationships. This is about how we relate to each other and, and not just kind of in our small circles in our families or community like a, a, a life group or something, but like community, how we all relate to each other and the people who are together are really together and, and we're for each other and we're with each other and we support each other. And there's just that restoration and rebuilding of community. And there's, of course, joy. And there's joy because there's the experience of God's presence. And those are the promises of this kingdom that will come when the king, like that's kingdom that he's going to bring when he comes. And so you and I have this, if we have this, we have to participate in in this kingdom that is marked by these things. And again, this is something to be excited about and look forward to. And when, when these things rise up in our world, you know, when we experience them in our lives or we see it happening in another place and we can look at that and say, oh man, there's peace there, there's healing over there, there's joy in this place. That's just, that's just hints of what is gonna be fully experienced in this kingdom that Jesus will bring to us because he is our coming king. And so the first thing I want to tell you is authority. The second is a better country. Here's the third thing. This is accountability. Accountability. Because when the king comes, he's coming as a judge as well. And so for you and for me, like the message to people is to be ready. To be ready for this king to come because he's coming soon. There's going to be a heavenly declaration that you and I are not going to hear as far as the scripture says. There's just going to be this statement and the king is going to come. And so for you and for me to be ready to that, and let me tell you what ready looks like. Ready is first of all about relationship. It's about relationship. You have an opportunity to be in relationship with this king because he is the son of God. He has an infinite capacity for relationship. And so he can be in relationship with me at the same time. He can be in relationship with you while he's in relationship with you. And each one of us has this tremendous opportunity to be in personal relationship with this king. And, and so if you, like we enter into relationship with him through faith, he, he came so that our sins could be forgiven. He died on a cross to forgive us of our sins. And if you will allow that to be the payment for your sins, to believe in him as the son of God, this coming king, to acknowledge who he is, 
to acknowledge who he is and to receive what he has done for you and in relationship. And so to be ready through relationship and then also to be ready in living out his kingdom's priorities and values. And this to me is just, I mean, it's Christmas. It's time for reflection. It's time to think about some things that are important. You know, this is one of those seasons in our world where our spiritual antenna is kind of up a little more, maybe a little more sensitive and aware. And so this is one of the things to be thinking about. You know, when you, when you look at what his kingdom is about and what his priorities and what his values are, how, how does that line up for you with your priorities, with your values, what you're about? Because people who are in relationship with Jesus as the king, I mean, the last thing we want for ourselves is for our king to come. We're citizens of his kingdom. The last thing we want is for our king to come and for us to be locked into the priorities and values of the kingdom of this world, not the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. And so just to be thinking about, are you ready? If he, if he pops onto the scene, am I living in a way that I'm gonna be okay with him like with him seeing me living like this. And I don't say that. I don't think you ought to get all scared about that. I don't think it ought to, I think you just ought to cause some sober reflection and maybe some changes in your life if you need to or some affirmation of some continued things. But he's, he's coming. And then this last one's not written down, but I, I think part of being ready is if you're taking notes, write this word down, reward. Reward. Because the other promise we have is for those people who are in relationship with him, whose lives are like we're living out kingdom priorities and kingdom values that those things we're, we're prioritizing and valuing that same stuff. When the king comes, he's going to give reward to his people. And there's a lot that could be said about all that, but to, like, just boil that all down to he is son of God most high. He is great. He is infinite. He's in relationship with you. And when he finds you in that relationship, living with his priorities and his values, he's willing to reward you for that. that. That astounds me to think about this God who has, the only reason I'm in relationship with him is because he's made himself known to me and because he provided for forgiveness of my sins. And he has shown me his glory and his beauty and I just have, I am drawn to him and, and his way of life is the way that works. And so I've walked this path that leads to life. And, it, and when he comes back onto the scene, he rewards me for that. It's just, this is the kind of king. And this is his kingdom. And, and so to be ready, and there's accountability, but be ready, but recognize that there is reward for his people who are waiting for him. And so I hope this stirs hope within you guys. Um, I wanna give you the questions for discussion for tonight. And then I wanna pray for you and then we have a closing song. All right, so let me give you these questions. If you need to take a picture of the screen, you guys are here and in person, go ahead and do that. So the first one's, what's your favorite Christmas tradition? We've got just a few days left. And um, maybe if you're with some people that you're gonna be celebrating that tradition with and you're not sure it's planned, this is a great time for you to make sure it gets on the agenda. Um, second, what do you think of that angel's statement that Jesus will be great? I mean, what do you think of that? And, and maybe why has that popped up in your heart? Third, what do you think about Jesus actually returning to the earth to be our king? What do you, what do you think about that? Um, it's like, 
if you're cynical, you might think one direction. If this is all you've ever known, you've been raised in this stuff that may, but just to articulate what you think about that. Um, which of the seven marks of the kingdom do you most wish were true today? And you know, I don't want to like to be a long, depressing conversation, but more to be thinking about like, man, Jesus could fix this. He's going to fix this someday. And then how are you doing at be ready for the king to return? And I think that'll be a good, healthy conversation for you guys who are here and those of you who are watching online. All right, will you let me pray for you? Will you please bow your head and close your eyes with me? So Lord Jesus, we honor you as our king. I don't know, this time of year, we spend a lot of time thinking about you as the baby in the manger. But today, we, you are king of kings. You are Lord of lords. You are God over all. And your kingdom will have no end. So we, we say yes to that. May your kingdom come. May it come into our hearts. May it come into our circles of influence. Would you bring it to our world? May your kingdom come. Would you speak in and declare over these things that are wrong and would you make them right for us? And we wanna be the kind of people who live out your kingdom values and your priorities. We, we want people to see you through us. We want them to know your glory and your beauty and be in relationship with you. It's the best thing we have to offer. And so help us in that regard, please, to be people who love the values and the priorities of your kingdom and pursue them in our everyday lives. And so Jesus, I'm asking all these things for myself and for my friends. I'm praying them in your name. Amen.
have a great rest of your weekend. And for you in-person folk, don't forget that Carl and Martha are right outside the sanctuary in the lobby if you want to say goodbye before you go. And speaking of going, don't leave until you're dismissed by the ushers. Otherwise, have a great rest of your weekend. Thanks for coming. So